Aloha. Welcome to Wahine Collective Podcast family and listeners. We are so grateful to wrap up season two. Uh, season two has been fun. I'm so glad today we're doing in-person podcasts. And we are located at Vivi Collective, third floor loft, and it's on 1164 Nuanu Avenue. Vivi Collective provides a space for um, entrepreneurs, women in business, um, nonprofit to use this space to collaborate and build a community. I hope that our team, Sophia Matias and um, Liza Karatan, and of course my daughter Tatiana had a great time in season two. So this today marks um, just something different, something special. We call it the special edition series. Today we have special guests during our special edition and um, I wanna welcome them but, you know, I don't want to talk too much about who they are. They can talk about who they are. And I hope you guys enjoy this conversation that we have with them and really learn something about, you know, our wahine here in Hawaii, just from different perspective as a listener. Maybe you are a mom, you are a college student, you are an entrepreneur, or you just someone that's figuring out about life, right? So we want to talk about, you know, different aspects of that. Um, but more importantly, too, we want to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Title IX, and that's also 50th anniversary of the UH Athletic Women's Department. Um, I thought this is such a great collaboration with that, you know, the 50th anniversary of Title IX with Wahine Collective. It's such a good kind of uh, partnership, right, to have a series, to have a special edition um, with that said, so I want to give a warm applause for um, welcome our guests. Um, we have two guests, and I'd like each of them to answer my icebreaker question. Um, your names, what you do, and of course, um, your favorite snacks. No, just kidding. You, where you went to school, what sports did they play? So you guys get the hint, right? They actually in sports. And um, who was their female role model when they grew up? Childhood role model, college, high school. So um, yeah, I'm Aries Jackson. I'm with the Wahine Collective. I'm the founder. Um, I should say, I guess I should do my icebreaker question. So I went to school in Berlin, um, Germany, Berlin American High School. And um, my sports I played was soccer and a little bit of basketball in middle school. Um, and no, I did not play in college. It's way too hard. <laughs> too much things to do. I was a single mom. Um, and I think my role model is when I was in elementary, she is like my friend and my nanny, but also my like person that I can talk to about things in life, like my first crush um, and that I'm scared to tell my parents, but I can talk to her about it. So so please welcome these two ladies. We're going to start with Lois. <laughs> well, yes, my name is Lois Manning. Um, uh, my current position is the Associate Athletics Director at the University of Hawaii Athletic Department, um, Senior Women Administrator and Chief of Staff, Laura's boss. <clears throat> um, <laughs> but uh, went to school locally here in Hawaii. I went oh. to, to Kaiser High School in, on the east side of the, uh, Oahu. and. Uh, played oh my gosh I played softball 
I played, okay. tried to play basketball. I tried to run track and I tried to play soft tennis. So I, I played four sports in, in high school because I wasn't really good at any of them. So I just played all of them. Um, then I went to Colorado State University uh, in Fort Collins and I got a degree in, in journalism there. And then uh, I played uh, college softball there uh, for four years. Um, so that that's my story. My my did you say my my role model? Yeah, <clears throat> female role model. My female role model, I would have to say, is probably my mom. Yeah, my mom was a single mom just like you, mm. um, with three kids, trying to raise three kids, working, and um, you know she. She, I mean, I spent my whole life with her, right? I actually live with her still today. She, mm. she lives downstairs, which is very comforting for me. She's, she's getting older, but she, it was hard work. It was, it was perseverance. It yeah. was struggle and, and how to make it through the struggle and, and all of that. So she, she, I would say she's my, my favorite person. Nice. We got always our moms just helping us through life. Thank you. And we have coach Laura. Hi, I am Laura Beeman. I am currently at the University of Hawaii as the uh, head coach for the Rainbow Wahine basketball. Um, I've been here, just finished my 10th year. Um, as Lois said, she is my boss. That's the reason why I'm sitting here today. Um, <laughs> she, um, I did not attend any schools here in Hawaii, either in high school or college. I was a mainland girl, Southern California. Uh, went to San Bernardino High School uh, for high school, graduated, went on to Cal State San Bernardino where I played basketball at the college level. Um, in high school, I played only basketball and probably a little bit of a regret uh, because I really thoroughly enjoyed soccer, probably one of my best sports. Love soccer. But growing up, I played everything. I had an older brother, and so I played football in the streets, and we played hide-and-go-seek, which I do think is a sport because um, you tackle in my neighborhood. <laughs> Climb trees. We just did everything outdoorsy. Um, mm. Played one year of college softball uh, my senior year. Uh, they just they needed someone to try out for the team, and I thought, what the heck? I played about five years ago, so I did that. Um, so sports have always been a huge part of of my life. Um, mm -hmm. You know, my my role model. I really have spent time because I'm asked this question all the time on who my role model is, and I I, mm. I don't really have one. I was mm. fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of very very strong women. My mother, obviously, being one of them. I have two older sisters. Um, I have numerous coaches in my upbringing that were, you know, women that were trailblazers for fighting for women's equality and, and what we wanted to see, you know, happen within sports. Mm -hmm. um, but I would probably go back to my mom. She's an amazing woman, uh, gave up her career to put my father through school and then eventually went back to school, started her own business and was hugely successful, also raised four children. So Definitely. I would have to. I would have to look at, look towards her, and, and really dwell on her strength. Is is my role model if I had to choose one? Did your parents play sports? Yes. Oh, cool. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my mother would not touch anything with outdoor things. You know, I, on the other hand, we like you, Coach Laura. I love outdoor stuff. So yeah, we have something in common: um, soccer. And my daughter played soccer at Kalani High School. Um, she went to USF, but did not stay at UH. Um, USF has a good baseball, I think, or softball team. So um, we try to like, you know, uh, when she comes here in Hawaii back home, we always want to support her USF and of course support UH. 
Um, yeah, I'm so like thankful. I'm just grateful to have you guys here. Trailblazers, I must say, both of you. Um, I'm going to learn so much about both of you today, I hope. Um, speaking of learning, please educate our listeners about this Title IX, um, what it means, um, you know, how, why it started, who started it. I've seen the Patsy Mink documentary recently on PBS, and I learned a little bit more about Title IX from her, how she started. But how is that connected to the UH Wahine Athletic Department? So, Louis, if you can share and educate us. Of course, the, you know, well, you mentioned Patsy Mink, and, and this all started because of her. I mean, she struggled. She, she struggled. Everybody told her no, and she was, she was probably tired of being told no. So she, she wanted to go to medical school, and she, they denied her entrance to medical school because she was a woman. She wanted to do a lot of things, and finally she ended up saying, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm going to law school. And I'm going to change the law. And, and when she did that, in my mind, she, she changed the world. And the world that I live in, or that I have lived in, for just about all of my life. And, you know, it's it's about opportunities for women. It's, it, she changed the game. It, it got signed into law in, in 1972, and we're here celebrating 50 years wow. since it got signed into law. So that Title IX legislation is because of her and and... And uh, I'm just, I'm just sad that I, I didn't have an opportunity to really meet her. But I, but I learned so much about her and what she's done, and it, it's just amazing. What an amazing woman! Yes. And how that ties into to UH is in 1972 is when UH launched its women's athletics program. Uh, we, we started off with two sports. It was women's volleyball and it was women's track and field. And that was the first year that we fielded two teams um, in women's athletics at UH Manoa. And then two years later is when we joined the NCAA and we added basketball and we added golf in 1974. So that's how it all started. And today, as it stands, we've got we've got 12 sports, women's sports at UH then, and about 220 female student athletes participating in those sports. Sports for the kind of female athletes 50 right. years later. 50 years later, and then still going strong. Right. When did you come in? I well, I started. I started in 1990. Is when I entered the athletic department. I I went to I'm gonna age myself, but I went to college in 1986, and I played softball at Colorado State for four years. So 1986 and 1990, and then in 19 actually in 1991. I came in as uh, the women's sports information director at UH Athletics. Okay. <laughs> Back then, it was it was separated. It was women's athletics and men's athletics. And I came in as the women's sports information director and then um, have been there for 16 years. And then I moved over to Loa Stadium and I was a deputy manager at Loa Stadium for eight years. And then I, I came back. And so I, it's, I've been in this for 30, 30 years now. Some of our listeners are not even that old. Yeah, I know. So I now know. we know you all who you are. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate <laughs> no, that. But with that there comes wisdom, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> you should know everything by that. <laughs> so thank you for sharing. Um, yeah, as we're celebrating the 50th year, have so much things probably have changed in the women's athletic department because women like you, so Coach Laura, 
what was going on with the UH when he did basketball? And I know they're playing really well. I mean, winning is part of the game, right? You got to win. But when we talk about playing, um, what does that mean to you and to your players? Um, I think we've spoken earlier before as we're preparing about purpose. And I love that word purpose. When I do something, I always want to know why. So why are they playing? Well, you know, I think, you know, when Lois started out talking about Title IX and the inception of it, what Patsy Meek did, the, the, the word that kept going through my head was purpose, perseverance, that she was told, no, you can't become a doctor, you know? So she says, okay, I'm gonna change the law. She wasn't driven by negativity, she was driven by solution. And so, you know, I think when you watch men's, men play sports and women play sports, there is a, there is a difference between the way we play. Um, you know, the men in basketball can play above the rim. They're bigger, they're faster, they're stronger. But I think the women are starting to really cultivate an audience. Uh, people who enjoy a very high level of basketball, not a level of basketball in which just anybody can go in their backyard and do, but something where little girls today can look at these women on the court and say, I want to be like them, not just because they're a great basketball player, but because of what they do off the court, their purpose, right? It's, um, I think that when you look at women's, women play, we play for something greater than just the sport. It doesn't mean you can't have success, but I think you can combine significance with the success. And in a lot of the women's sports, I'll use the WNBA, women's soccer right now, you know, they're really pushing in developing these young kids into becoming great athletes, but also to share the message of what do sports do for women. It keeps yeah. you out of abusive relationships. It keeps you off of drugs and alcohol. It you know helps you maintain a great GPA. You know they are out in the community working incredibly hard to say to these young girls, look, you have opportunity too. And it's not just about going into high risk populations, but it's going into opportunity aged populations and saying. Let's give you some hope. And I think that when you watch a lot of women's sports today, little girls can look at that and say, I can do that too, and right. it's cool. But I don't have to do it like the guy. I can do it like a woman. Oh, I and I, I think the, the uh, model that people say all the time, yeah, I feel like a girl. I think that's just a great model because it's showing empowerment, self-esteem, and confidence. And when I was growing up in the ranks of, of sports, we didn't have that. We didn't have that ability to say, yeah, I feel like a girl, because there was a negative connotation to that. So I think that, you know, with Patsy Meek and the celebration of 50 years yeah. and what she was able to accomplish, um, I think young girls today can look back at that and say, yeah, we have a purpose, and it's not just about winning games, but it's about winning in life and doing some other things as well. Mm -hmm. I can just picture, like, playing basketball college. That's totally different than you know, playing call, uh, high school. And so that caliber, and then playing in the women's division uh, for UH, you want to, like, you are at the top level in a way, like, you want to win. There's just no way I want to lose. I don't want to lose. If I lose, my daughter lost the game and she cried, 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 cried. And I'm like, honey, this is just a game, but it's not, it's not a game for them. It's something that take it seriously. So. I, you know, like I said, I can't imagine in college. So, can you tell us a little bit about how women handle, you know, just not winning, being, you know, we lost a game. How do you work through that struggle? How do you overcome and work with our women's athlete as far as overcoming that challenge? And I think we need to know, as just women, uh, every day, right? There are challenges and struggles, but in the 
in your athletic department, there must be a lot of challenges, and especially when your season is not a winning season. <laughs> My biggest challenge is Lois. You know, I think failure is a part of life. In order to succeed, you have to fail. And what we talk to our girls all the time about, and I think this starts from our administration with David and with Lois, and Lois is very visible throughout the department. And I'm not just saying this because she's sitting here. She she makes it, you know, part of her job to come in and know the kids by name, um, to celebrate them, to be available to them. And I think that when you see your administrators that are in that position of, of vulnerability and wanting to know who you are, it allows your athletes to um, perform at a different level. Uh, but I think you have to fail forward in life. That failure is a part of what you do. There's no way around it. It's, it's how you look at failure, whether or not you're going to grow from it or it's going to paralyze you. You know, there's a saying that guys have to feel good to play good and girls have to play good to feel good. And so it's, you know, when you think about that, if a girl doesn't feel good going into a game, she's not going to play well. She's just not. And so what we try to tell our athletes all the time is basketball is a part of your pie. If you imagine someone as a pie, that's just a slice. You're also a sister, a daughter, maybe you have a partner, you're a student, your religion, spirituality, whatever it is. You lose a basketball game, you still have all these amazing pieces that make up who you are and you have to keep all of that into perspective 100 so failure is a part of what we do and it's the it's the catalyst of helping these kids develop self-esteem but it's also a huge part of why they don't have self-esteem so it's that double double-edged sword right. that when you play well and oh my i'm the best and then you don't play well and oh my gosh she's never going to want to be with me or she's never going to want to be with me right. it's a double-edged sword and so we really have to put it in perspective that it grows you it stretches you part of who you are but there are so many other amazing pieces to your body yeah i can see that like a double-edged sword um it, it, it really depends on the person, right? But if you have a mentor like you who loves your athletes and being really in their lives, that's important too. I think for me, I can imagine myself playing for you and I'll be like a little happier. <laughs> but tell us a little bit about your team. Uh, we had a storybook, kind of a magic season. Um, you know, we struggled a little bit early on and tried to figure out how to align our goals, you know, uh, along with our commitment, because you can't have one without the other. And, and it, we knew we had pieces as soon as the girls decided that we wanted to fall in love with each other and really connect on the basketball court, you could see the growth. And it didn't mean we went undefeated, we lost ball games, but we made a conscious effort to um, to grow from those losses, to, to make change, to figure out why without attacking, but rather celebrate one another's successes and failures. And when you have people that celebrate whether you're succeeding or failing, and you don't know whether you're succeeding or failing, you're just moving through life together. Right. And we had a team that really did that well. Um, fortunate to win, you know, our, clinch our championship on our home court on senior night. Uh, then you walk to Henderson uh, and win the Big West Conference Tournament, go to the NC2As, ended up with the Player of the Year. Uh, then Amy Atwell, Player of the Year, was then drafted, you know, into the WNBA. So we made some some firsts in, in the history books at UH and to be able to say that it was this year a part of all of these great successes and what we're trying to do as women within our department, uh, it, it's just kind of a, uh, the timing couldn't be better, if you will, um, for what our team was able to accomplish with a lot of support from the community administration, 
what we were able to do. Uh, so it was a magical season. I love how you turned that around. I mean, it's, it's definitely success is in a different form this year, and you've done amazing. So thank you for just giving those women a chance to feel like they belong and they did something you know tremendous for themselves and for the team. Um, I can talk about the like teamwork so much probably for you because I need some wisdom on teamwork. But Louis, as far as you as the head of the team, assistant director of the UH athletic department, um, you have to think. I know this myself because I'm a leader in our nonprofit. Um, that's my daytime job, um, and we have to sustain the organization, right? As a leader, we have to think about like how are we going to financially, resources, etc. So with the 50th anniversary of uh, Title IX, um, and just this thinking like, how can we sustain and how can we collaborate, you know, what are the um, challenges and the success and hardships trying to sustain different programs and fundraising strategies? Well, when you, when you look at fundraising and, and sustainability as a department, do very well, right? But the men historically have a longer history of participating and success and all of that. So therefore, they have a little bit of an advantage in fundraising. Um, and and Laura will attest to this. You know, the, the men's basketball coach can go and make a call and say, "Hey, I need I need some help." And the next day, the money's in the bank. She, on the other hand, has a little bit harder time, a harder time doing that. And I think it's because of the history, because of all the, the historic publicity that men have had over the years, and not just at the collegiate level, right? At the, at the professional level, international level as well. It's it's national television, right? And and we are doing better to get the women on local television, um, which helps a lot. Uh, some sports are more popular than other sports. Water polo, for example, will have a harder time raising money than basketball. Um, softball will have a harder time raising money than baseball. Um, so we're trying to try to to lessen the gap there um, with publicity and with opportunities and get and the coach makes a difference too, right? The relationship that the coach, the energy, see Laura's energy, and then she, she, the, the relationship that she has the ability to cultivate that, and not all coaches do. Um, so that, that's, that's the challenge, but I think the 50th anniversary brings a real opportunity for us to be able to go out into the community. And, and we have student-athletes, like, like Laura was saying, we have student-athletes who we watch them grow in the community. We watch them come in as a freshman and not say a word, right? And then over the years, you know, maybe as a sophomore or junior, they're saying, like, a sentence. Right. And then they're speaking volumes when they're seniors, and we watch them grow. And as a business leader, as a co company out there, local, locally, how can you not support that? Right, right. How can you not support the growth and all the things that we're teaching with <clears throat> education and through sports, right? They're getting an education by playing the sport and learning leadership and learning respect and learning commitment and resilience and perseverance and commitment and all that stuff. How, as a company, how do you not support that? I think the 50th is, is a real opportunity to be able to, 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 
to raise some, some money to help support that? How do you not do that as a company? Right, and for those who are listening and moms or dads out there that have little ones and want to play college, you know, uh, sports, and probably in the business of some sort, you know, think about how uh, you can be a part of the support system. It is quite challenging, I think, um, during the pandemic, you probably had some challenges too. Just a little. Just a little. <laughs> We're a contact for <laughs> right. So how did you overcome that through, through the pandemic and where you are now? You know, honestly, I don't, we're still going through it. We're yeah. still dealing with, with the pandemic. Um, and I think we will always, things will change forever, I think, because of this pandemic. Um, some people are wearing masks more often now just because, even though it's not mandated. Um, but honestly, I think the way that we got through this pandemic is because we all stuck together. Yeah. You know, we all came together and we, we all worked together give and take, right? And trying to figure out how to solve problems rather than to create them. And, and um, I think that's how we got here. Really, it was just a, a, the team within, the team above all teams. Right. Came together. Wow, I know that when there were no sports on TV period, we were like literally dying. <laughs> it's like, is life even worth living, you know? <laughs> No contact sports. So, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we thought it was just all about sports. Life is just about that. But um, speaking of, you know, life is about sports, um, you went to Kaiser and um, probably your family growing up as an Asian woman um, playing some sort of sport that you want to be a part of. You know, I could just see like football or maybe golf. Um, what was it like to be growing up in Hawaii, an Asian woman, and want to play sport um, at your You know, it's, it, was, it wasn't easy. It was easy to play the sports, right? My, my mom just threw me into sports because my brother was playing sports. He's three years older than I am, and I was playing on the streets, football, touch football on the, on the road in front of the, the house, you know, with the boys and riding, I wanted the boy bike and riding the boy bike around with the boys and playing all those things. Um, but bro, when you went to school, it was different. Yeah. You got teased. Uh, you're the tomboy and well, how, what's going on and all of that. But as an Asian, mm -hmm. um, the Asian, Asian culture is, is very prominent here in, in Hawaii. And, you know, in, in my family, personally, the boy, the oldest boy, is the king. He's the king of the house, right? Right. So that was my brother. So he could do no wrong. I don't know. <laughs> I, had to, I, had to, I could walk wrong and get in trouble, right? So I could breathe wrong and get in trouble. But but that's just Asian culture, nobody's fault. But that that's just what it was. I my parents were divorced. I I wanted to go. We had to go to my dad's house every other weekend, and, and he had a family of his own, and and so we went over there, and I got left behind, and my dad and my brother went golfing, and I'm just like I. I don't want to go roller skating. I want to go golfing. <laughs> you know, I never voiced it, you know, but I felt it. And I just dealt with it, right? I never told anybody about it. I didn't want to make waves. I just dealt with it. But, you know, looking back, that's just taught me how to deal 
with disappointment, right? And how to deal with, you know, the, it's not that your dad doesn't love you, right? It's just, that's just the way that they knew how to do things. Right. And so the only thing that you can take from that, or I can take from that, is just don't do it the same way. Wow, different, definitely different. Well, we want to take a quick break. Um, so I think I know you guys are thirsty, probably. <laughs> Welcome back, Wahini Collective. We are back. We just took a quick break and kind of, you know, reset ourselves. We, Wahini, we need that. Just a break to, like, laugh, get to know each other more. We talk a little bit about other things during the break, but um, we'll probably go um, into that in the next series, which is very exciting. Um, but, yeah, today we want to just catch up a little bit with Coach Laura Please tell us about the Youth Impact Program that the Wahine Rainbow and the UH Athletic Department are teaming up for July 15th to July 23rd. And the information can be found on their website at youthimpactprogram.org. Who is this opportunity and camp for? If you can elaborate for us, that will be great something that's kind of up my alley. I've always been very passionate about young kids. Um, I feel like that's where it starts is with our youth. Um, and, you know, it's for at-risk kids. But like I said earlier, I think it needs to be opportunity age kids because kids, mm. whether they're at risk or not at risk, if they are given opportunity, find hope. And you can't put a price tag on hope. No. And so what my ideas are for YIP is it's going to be only for girls. Uh, ran this by Lois, got some great ideas from her and some other people and said, hey, look, I want to change the programming up a little bit. Get it away from football. Let's do some basketball skills, but let's also really cater it to the needs of sixth to eighth grade girls. Mental health, mm -hmm. nutrition, mm -hmm. uh, just self-esteem, confidence, empowerment, maybe a sex trafficking awareness, wow. which is so huge. Going to add a little hip hop in there. Going to add a little yoga in there. So really reaching out to some different members of the community to say, come on in and tailor what you are doing to these group, to this group of girls. So this can be something that is yearly. But more than that, these young girls will go back into their communities and have a voice and say, this is who I am and I'm okay with it. And that's the purpose of this for me. We are not going to exclude the military. They're a huge part of this. Their energy is incredible. They were on campus today and you could hear them screaming and chanting and yelling. And those little boys are getting an experience of a lifetime. We just want to open the doors up for little girls and this is the time to do it. So we're running it uh, July 15th through the 23rd at UH. Thank you, Coach Laura, for the information on YIP or Youth Impact Program. So where are we moving, Lois? Like this is the 50th year. This is marking the landmark of what her legacy. I mean, you have a lot on your plate to continue this legacy. Yeah, I mean, kind of back up a little bit. As an administration, and Laura can probably attest to this, but as an administration, we incorporate gender equity into every decision that we make. 100%. We, we, we don't, Good. I mean, we're running a business with rules. Right? So, so we, we incorporate it in that, into every decision that we make. But that being said, um, where we're going, we, we want to continue the education. We want to continue the fundraising and, and the upward trend that we are on right now. 
Um, and, and the 50th is creating all of that. And then the goal would be to have some sort of organic compliance, you know, okay. where, you know, you're not consciously having to make the decision. You want to get to a place in my mind, anyway, you want to get to a place where you're making the decisions to be compliant and to be equal and equitable and diverse and all of that because you want to, not mm-hmm. because you're, you have to, because that's what the law says. Mm. That, that's the goal. That's where we want to be. Organic compliance. That's a, that's a new term. I, I don't know where it came <laughs> from. But. You're going to trend. Uh, yeah, okay. We're going to like I'm, hashtag yeah. it. Organic <laughs> compliance, Allie. It's coming on viral. <laughs> no, I love it. It's like so Hawaii though, right? I mean, we have to remember the past, but we have to move on and make some changes. And the fundraising is important for the 50th anniversary. Um, and the general public, like us here, listeners of Waini Collective, how can they support um, this movement, this, you know, continuing to give opportunities to female to play sports? So we're, we're going we're gonna to have a celebration every year. Okay. A celebration. I mean, we're also, um, as I said earlier, celebrating the 50th year of Wahine Athletics, mm-hmm. right? Because we, we began in 1972. So every year in the fall, we're going to have a day of giving. Um, starting this August, late August, we will have a day of giving on the first day of the women's volleyball season because women's volleyball was one of the first first sports that we had in 1972. Oh, that's right. So on the first day, opening day of, of women's volleyball will be a day of giving starting this year or this fall, and we will continue to uh, fundraise in that matter. And then we're going to also you know, continue to, to work on the 50th. We're going to have a field day um, in right. September 10th. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have a field day that's going to be open to the public, free to the public, where Fine. all of our coaches and our team, our Wahine teams are going to be out there um, talking to the youth or whoever decides to come. And we're going to be giving out um, prizes and we're going to be interacting and having skills of all the different sports just right. to introduce them to what it is that we do at mm-hmm. the University of Hawaii and what opportunities lie ahead for them mm-hmm. if they decide to participate in sports. Oh. Field day sounds like something they need to do before going back to school. <laughs> Parents, take your kids. Take your to kids. Field it's, day. it's going to be free. Yeah. And us young professionals, if you're listening, you have the giving day, which more information is coming out on our you know, uh, Instagram post about that. So be on the lookout for also our next series. Um, just a little teaser. We may be talking to other important people. <laughs> Uh, that we're getting to know about their life, their mental health uh, situation, what's happening, how is Title IX support um, that part of the UH Women's Athletic Department? Uh, I think that's exciting. We need help in the mental health division for our athletes. Um, And any last comment um, that I didn't ask that you wanted to say? I'm just really proud to be a part of, of this Title IX celebration. Um, I'm, I'm proud to be a part of the first ever YIP program for girls. Um, 
I'm, I'm proud to, to represent and be a part of, as Lois said, something bigger than myself. That's the driving force when you live in Hawaii and you're in the athletics department. Um, and I just appreciate what people do here. Uh, one of the most meaningful things to me was when we won this year and I had a woman come up to me in Costco and she said, you brought me joy. Your team mm. brought me joy through the pandemic. And I never thought I would cry in Costco, you know, maybe about prices or something, but you know, not about just the, the joy that someone came up and started sharing with me. And I, I sat there with a lump in my throat that this woman really was like, you've brought us so much joy and you just don't get that on the mainland. Hawaii is a special place. Yes, yes, I believe that. It's the best place on earth. Um, if you haven't come to Hawaii, we have some listeners in New York, Japan, uh, around the world, actually Germany too. <laughs> so grateful for both of you. Um, and we will be on the lookout for all those events coming up. We're going to post it on our website um, and also, well, mainly our Instagram. Ah, thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a great day and a great time listening to us. Mahalo and talk to you later. Bye.